It was Christmas Eve, baby, in the Lewis Dunk Tank. Adam Old Luckman said to me, Won't see another one. And then a young man, son. Aurier Old Man Biram Juf. <laughs> I turned my rice away and Demba bad you. Have herself a merry, merry Christmas. <laughs> Andy! Welcome to the Odds Profit Podcast. It's a Christmas special of sorts, and we've got someone special in the studio slash spare room with me, Andy Furnong. Hello, so how are you, Andy? We're ready for. Uh, did you like that intro? I loved your intro. I have nothing. I wish I had something I could come back with you, come back to you at. But um, that's just really trolling me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wrote that in about five minutes at about five a.m. this morning while trying not to wake a child. He's been telling me he's been working on that all week. (laughs) All all year. (laughs) Anyway, look, we've decided to um, switch the podcast format up a little bit this week. So instead of the usual run through of games on Sunday, we're going to carve the pod up into three different sections. So section one this week will have our kind of safest bets of the week. Section two will have the prices with a bit more stuffing. And um, section three will just be the longer prices. So I wouldn't call them puns as such. But if you want long odds, maybe for a fun side bet on Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day, as we call it in Ireland, or Yuledana in Denmark, that's the section to listen out for. Okay, so before we get going, I must inform inform you that this is a podcast about betting and gambling. So you must be aged 18 or over to listen in. And if you do follow our tips this weekend, then please gamble responsibly. Okay, recap last week's tips. Yeah, uh, I suppose there wasn't too many games to run down through from last week. Um, there was four games. I believe I covered three of them. You had one. Yeah, I really put the kibosh on a lot of games <laughs> last week. <laughs> I suppose I'll just do mine first because uh, it's my only one and it didn't land. So yeah, let's get it out just, of the way. Just, just as Brush well. it under the carpet. <laughs> yeah, and just as well, I suppose that's, that's why we're sort of changing the format a little bit this week as well because we don't really know what games are going to go ahead and what's not. So we just kind of carved up the podcast a little, trying a little something different over Christmas exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah. so at the time of recording all games are scheduled to go ahead but things could change relatively quickly so my one bet last week was from the Newcastle Man City game where there was no value at all so I went for the second half to see more goals than the first and that was 20-21 to 21 or 1.95 and it did not land it was no. 4-0 and the goals were evenly split between first and second half yeah it was an interesting game. Did you watch that game? No. It was an interesting of course I did. Game. I watched all the games, minute by minute. Yeah, City were always, obviously always going to win, but like Newcastle probably gave themselves a little bit better of a, a showing than I think people predicted. They were. Um, Would you say they gave a decent account of themselves? Decent dish, and they gave a decent dish account at Anfield a few nights earlier as well. So like maybe there's signs that like while the results aren't turning for them yet, maybe there's signs that things are starting to turn a little bit until they have a complete player turnaround. Yeah, in probably. Yeah, and completely ruin it all for themselves. <laughs> hopefully, it'll yeah, be fun. Hopefully. To watch, it'll be fun to watch them yeah. go down. <laughs> <laughs> We've said that a lot. We don't mean it at all. I was um, best man at a wedding, and the, the groom was a Newcastle fan. So there you go. I loved him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have no no real. Uh, ill will towards Newcastle except for like you know just because of their, their financial situation it would be funny to see what it would be like for them in yeah the for sure yeah, that's, that's right all. recap recap time Leeds versus Arsenal was one of mine I had two predictions going into that one I had Arsenal to win with no strings attached um, and that was at 11-10 to 10. I also had Smith Raw down to score at any time which was under severe threat as he only came off the bench in the 78 minutes but he duly popped up with a goal in the 84th so that came in at 12-5 to 5 or 3.4 um, then I also had Wolves and Chelsea on Sunday, which I had made two predictions for that game. Um, I predicted that 
that the game would be a draw at 11-4 or 3.75 and I also went for under 2.5 goals at 4-5 or 1.8 superb that draw one Man. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of value in that, but we were looking down at like we've been saying since since I arrived on this podcast about how like Chelsea have been having a bit of a a bit of a blip and they're having struggled scoring goals. Then on the other side, Wolves just never seem to concede goals. They're always involved in either nil nils or one nils. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it seemed relatively safe to me. But um, and then the last game, then I, I I would have had to cover was Spurs and Liverpool, and I messed up here a little bit. But all the predictions were based around Spurs and not really knowing what team they could put out with coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. But my team was a single bet of Liverpool to win and both teams to not score. The game finished 2-2, so I was way wide of the mark there. But again, like we, we didn't really know what the Spurs team was going to look like. Fair. It was a really good game, though. It was, really it was excellent. Yeah, yeah it was really, really good. good. Yeah. A proper kind of highlights... Premier League packagey type one. Yeah, yeah. Everything had everything. Yeah, because it was good for like not being good as well. Like there was lots of mistakes and lots of like, you know, the the the, the non good good bits, like, you know, like bad tackles yeah. and red cards. Old man and, opinion alerts. I I quite miss when the Premier League wasn't quite as high a, a level. Because yeah. you, you got more games like that and you got more magic moments and little bits of like people scoring for forty yards and stuff. Now yeah. they're advised not to because it's it's a game. High by risk, statisticians high risk chance to yeah, yeah, yeah. High, high turnover you know possession probability and yeah cool cool recapped so that's, that's the recap done it was a short recap but that's that's all that happened it's the recap capped you could that's, say it is it is indeed alright so let's get to this I suppose this new format and see how we get on so section one which I've titled ooh look at those safe bets um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first of all we're looking at Liverpool versus Leeds at Anfield now Leeds squad has been absolutely decimated by injuries and the picture isn't looking any better for them ahead of Sunday's game. Um, Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo Moreno, Pascal Strujic, Jamie Shackleton, Dan James, Diego Llorente are all set to miss out again on Merseyside. Even with a full complement of players available, Leeds would expect to struggle, but with so many out, this kind of looks like easy street again for Liverpool to me. Um, it feels like Klopp could kind of feel the tea lady in a game at the moment and still win as was the case in, in midweek when he shuffled his pack and Liverpool still managed to beat Leicester on penalties somehow. Um, they dropped a couple of point, uh, points at Spurs last week, but like we were just talking about, what, what a weird game almost. You get the sense that the only way Liverpool and Man City will drop points is if the games are kind of littered with mm. controversial incidents and kind of strange happenings. Um, to the game itself, Liverpool have scored at least two goals in 20 of their last 23 league matches. And they've lost just once in their last 28 league games since March. Um, they beat Leeds 3-0 in Yorkshire back in September when Leeds had pretty much everyone available. Um, a depleted Leeds were blown away by Arsenal recently 4-1 at Elland Road. And just before that, with a closer to full strength team, they were absolutely annihilated 7-0 by Man City. So look, everything points to another rotten day for Leeds fans here. And I like Liverpool half-time, full-time. And... Over three goals to be scored, so a combo there at eleven to eight or two point three eight. So Liverpool have actually held the lead at halftime in eleven out of 61 percent of their games in the league so far, which is the, a, a league high figure. Mm-hmm. So against Leeds with no players, <laughs> yeah. you can only see this going one way, really. Yeah, definitely. And and Liverpool did drop some points against Spurs at the weekend. They had a couple of players missing. Um, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Fabinho yeah. Thiago, all all um, failed coronavirus tests. Um, the the Premier League guidelines on that is like ten days um, being out, isn't it? So like, 
like so those those guys will probably be back for this exactly. game as well. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Henderson was out with illness. He came back last night against Leicester. So um, you know, but you can see them putting together any kind of a midfield really of Henderson, Milner, Oxlade Chamberlain, or or Naby Keita, and like they'll probably be enough to support the efforts of you know Salah, Mane, Jada, and Firmino up front. Alexander Arnold, Mane, um. And Salah and Allison all rested during the week as well, so you know they'll be fresh and there's there's very very little chance Leeds are going to be able to put up anything about them. It's I feel really really bad for Leeds. It's like such a horrible run. They've they've had to play Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool like in a row. Like things do get a little bit better for them after this. Like there's there's a couple of games coming up for Leeds that um the uh, home games against Aston Villa and Burnley, and then they do back to back away games. One is an FA Cup game for West against West Ham. And then like a home game against Newcastle, so things are you know going to get a little bit not necessarily easy, but easier than the current run that they're in. So, but I, I can't see um, I can't see them changing their fortunes on this losing streak that they're on right now. No, I don't think so. No, no. no. Um, I suppose speaking about the the team kind of personnel situation that leads, it's something that's worth remembering for every game this weekend because there's such a kind of a a grey kind of fog over team news at the moment. You don't really know what the situation is at clubs with COVID, so. Like we advise you strongly to check the, the team news before an hour before oh, yeah. kick off for each game it's a major 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 factor this weekend and it could really swing things in your favour or against you depending on what you had in mind for a certain game and of course these tips as well so just keep that in mind um, yeah and like the game the, the Burnley game at the weekend was called off at like 2 o'clock which was scheduled to go ahead at 3 you know so like they can get games, games and squads are changing by the minute at this point so like yeah absolutely just make sure if you listen to this podcast on Friday on Christmas Eve or something, make sure you're checking your 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 team news on Stevens Day before you make any decisions. <laughs> team news, on, team news, team yeah, news. Yeah, is yeah, the word everything weekend. is changing by the minute now. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so move on to the next game in the ooh that looks same section, which is um, Tottenham versus Crystal Palace. Now green shoots are starting to emerge at Tottenham. They look organised, super duper aggressive, and they didn't hold back against Liverpool last week. Um, if you push back the fog of controversy around that game and the red card incidents that have kind of dominated the headlines, Spurs probably should have won that. Um, they had so many big chances, maybe four or five really clear ones. They had the chances. I suppose a positive there is that like Kane had a lot of those chances, so he's not like back to being sharp, but he's definitely sharper. He's in the he's in the position. He's getting in the position yeah. to get those chances. I suppose he also probably could have been sent off. He should have been. He should have been off, sent off, but like he wasn't, so he's going to be available for selection now yeah. for the for the, you know this game. But like yeah, the Spurs definitely created. I, I can't remember the last time I seen a game of football where um, two top players had a two on one against the goalkeeper and somehow managed to not score. <laughs> but uh, it's probably a United <laughs> game, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, probably a four on one and have a keeper one save. But yeah, definitely they, they look different under Conte. Like we were talking there last week about when we were analysing Spurs' form over the last six games, and because of like the COVID break and the, the game that was called off for heavy snow against Burnley, their last six games, their run of form sort of is a bit disingenuous. It stretches back way further than other people's last six games. So. They're still unbeaten under Conte and they looked... Now, look, Liverpool's midfield was sort of decimated at the weekend, but Spurs still look pretty good. Like They, they look very good. They, I think they're going to be an interesting side going forward. Yeah, they are. Yeah, another one in the mix for the, the top four race, really. Yeah. That fourth spot looks really, really open at the moment. Like you just said, um, they're still unbeaten under, under Conte. 11 points from 15, they've pocketed. They performed really, really well against Liverpool and that's a really tough thing to do. Not many mm. teams do that. Liverpool usually dominate most games. Um, Sunday's game interestingly will be their fifth Premier League home game on the spin thanks to all those COVID cancellations I wonder has that ever happened before actually five home league uh, yeah, games yeah I wonder probably not I wouldn't think so no um, moving on to Palace they've 
shown great improvement this season under Patrick Vieira, who of course would love to upset the odds against his former club Arsenal's biggest rivals. Alas, I can't see that happening. So the Eagles actually beat Spurs 3-0 in the reverse fixture back in September, but that was kind of the, the final days of the really extremely short Nuno Espirito Santo era, era, and it doesn't really count for much now. Palace have only won one of their last five games, and they've lost each of their last six trips to play Spurs in the league. So Spirits will also be high at Tottenham after they followed their display against Liverpool with a Carabao Cup quarter-final victory over West Ham, again at home <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, Kane is back scoring, Son is looking sharp, so I expect Spurs to gather the points again here their price is actually quite generous it's just 8 to 11 or 1.73 for a straight home win so that's what i'm going for yeah excellent <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> um that's the end of the first section unless you have anything to add section two then which i have titled the ah those are nice section <laughs> um, i think andy's heading off to villa park for his first game here yeah, uh, Villa Park for Aston Villa Chelsea. Um, we're now six games into the Stephen Gerrard reign at Aston Villa, and it's been unspectacular to be fair, but it has been solid, and that's what they need: good, solid performances. They've won four of the six games since since Gerrard's come in as manager, and they've shot up to tenth in the table. A lofty um, tenth. A lofty tenth. Um, I'm not sure where they were when he came in, but they were lower than tenth. An they, aspirational eleventh. They've shot up to tenth. <laughs> <laughs> they've had a couple of fortunate wins in amongst them. For example, like Brighton, the, the game against Brighton, yeah. and yeah. Um, but Villa fans aren't going to care about that. Like so, um, they can also claim to have been a bit unlucky, I suppose, in their one 0 away defeat to Liverpool. So you know, insert football cliche here. Think these things balance out over the course of the season, mate. <laughs> they really or, don't, or or even a six-game spell, it would seem. But um, Villiers have scored nine and conceded five in their last six games, and then four of those games have been decided by a single goal margin. So, like you know, they're, they're usually kind of tight enough games. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, their poor streak is you know continuing. They've only had two wins now in their last six. Those two wins were a hard-fought slog against Watford. Um, and another really tough late controversial win over Leeds they had um, those are two hard fought narrow wins over sides that are essentially fighting relegation Um, the other four matches in their last six have been three low scoring draws um, 1-1s versus Man United 1-1 versus Everton 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 and a nil-nil v Wolves and in in amongst all that was a a 3-2 defeat to West Ham so Chelsea struggling for goals has got a bit of airtime on this podcast in recent weeks and I can't really see uh, any solution to that in the immediate future at least because Callum Hudson-Odoi Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner all tested positive for for COVID ahead of their game against Everton on the 16th now again the 10 day period but they may be unavailable for selection for what should be a tough away day I think Lukaku's 50-50 I think the um, Premier League injuries that Ben Dinnery's really good side I think has him at 75% yeah. available so the chances are he'll maybe bench he'll be, he'll be available but but on Lukaku I mean even if he is available he's, he's played 77 minutes of Premier League football since mid-October um, it's probably unfair to expect him to hit the, the ground running straight away he actually hasn't scored for 8 Premier League appearances yeah. anyway um, his last goals were 2 against Aston Villa actually in the, in the reverse fixture um, so yeah like you were saying about the goals I think they've scored six times their last four games combined three of those were penalties one was an mm-hmm. own goal so yeah they don't look at it in the final third at all no they don't and at the back like the likes of Chilwell and Christensen are still out um, and while the likes of Kante and Kovacic are back and they're obviously excellent players they're still both trying to get back up to speed in terms of match sharpness themselves so there's a, there's a couple of problems all around the pitch there for Chelsea and I think that's um, shaping up for 
what I think is going to be a really good bet is a double chance at Aston Villa to win or draw the game at 11 to 10 or 2.1 I can see like a a Stevens Day um, a, you know festive cracker there and, uh, and there's always something teams always seem to struggle around there's always like a, a surprise fixture around around Christmas and Stevens Day and it's a tough it's a tough place to go for Chelsea right now who, who are just not scoring very many goals against a team who aren't conceding an awful lot yeah yeah I, I actually looked at a game as well and it was the exact same bet I picked out Villa double chance, so great minds are great minds think alike, stupid minds (laughs) (laughs) do as well. So, yeah, I really like that one. Um, you've got a second game for us in this section, too. It's West Ham, Southampton. Oh, yeah, West Ham and Southampton. So, neither of these guys played last weekend, so both of them should be. I don't don't know how rested teams are when they've got a COVID break. (laughs) Is it it rested or rusty? Like, where's the there's a fine line, isn't there? Yeah, I think if you miss one, like, you're probably not rusty, you're rested, but then if you're missing it because you've got COVID, like. It's not an ideal way to be resting. I yeah, suppose it depends, depends if, symptomatic if you have it and you're asymptomatic yeah. or whatever. But like, look, it's hard. Look, it's it's hard to know. But look, neither of these sides played at the weekend. Um, so like, a lot of the coverage we suppose we would have put into West Ham and Southampton in last week's podcast still applies in terms of their last six games, their their form, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, I looked at we looked at uh, how David Moyes and um his side are a bit of a weird bunch because they consistently seem to pull out big performances against top sides. Uh, we talked about their big victories over Liverpool and Chelsea and their sort of narrow, tightly contested defeat to Man City. But then they always seem to drop points in their in their you know typically but you know quote unquote easier games, such as defeats to Wolves and draws with Brighton and Burnley. Um, they recently dropped out of the top four, having been beaten by Arsenal in like a you know a pretty um, crunch match in terms of top four qualification. So. Mikel Antonio and Co have only managed to score three goals in each of their in they managed to score three goals in each of the games against Chelsea and Liverpool and yet only managed to score one goal in games against Wolves, Brighton, Burnley and Ar- Burnley and Arsenal combined. So like, you know, they're they seem to be able to like score in the really big tough games and like, you know When there's space to run into. When there's space to run yeah. into. Yeah, we kinda of discussed that. And again, same with Southampton, they, like the they're fresh. The last most recent um, game they had was the two two draw away at the Palace. Uh, which saw them concede a very late equaliser to deny them all three points. Um, they're still currently sitting in 15th place and are winless in their last six outings. And while this current winless streak um, is, is going on, they have sort of goals have been you know coming their way a little bit. So, in fact, over 2.5 goals has paid out in five of their last six outings with both teams to score coming up trumps in four of their last six outings. The only exceptions being the away day trips to Liverpool and Arsenal. So, the, uh, so Southampton have only managed to keep four clean sheets all season, three of which came in in narrow 1-0 wins over Watford, Aston Villa and Leeds, and the other being a 0-0 draw against Everton way back in September. So there's a couple of players who are going to be out for for West Ham at the weekend as well. Yeah, I think three pretty much first-choice defenders. So Kufal is suspended, of course. He would have missed last week's game had it not been postponed. Uh, Ogbonna and Zuma will be missing from the heart of the defence as well. So, yeah, big absentees. Yeah, so I think West Ham to win and maybe you can flip a coin here, right? Yeah, so yeah. I we we both kinda of looked at these games and I, I initially kinda of, and I've kinda of talked myself around in this preview. Um I was thinking West Ham to win and both teams not to score at twelve to five or three point four was where I was thinking about putting my money, but as I've as I'm talking about that, like 
I'm now thinking West Ham to win and both teams to score. Same price. Which is literally the exact same price. Like so. those, those absentees could be key, I think. And plus, yeah. when you consider West Ham have kept one clean sheet in the last eight league games, yeah. there are deficiencies there that Southampton can expose. Plus, Southampton have that threat from set pieces. They've got James Ward-Prowse's delivery and direct free-kick taking ability. So. Yeah, and like I said here just a minute ago, they've been involved in a lot of both teams to score. You know, so There you go. I just spread um, my arms out in agreement. Yeah, so I think... The, the bet we're going to plumb for is West Ham to win and both teams to score at 12 to 5 or 3.4 I really like that one thanks I really like that one too. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced I'm convinced yeah, I like there was a moment there when uh, Andy was chatting away about the game that he changed his mind midway through his spiel it was very interesting to see because you could tell by the facial expression <laughs> the eyebrows started to dance <laughs> okay that's um, the mid section done um, now we've got section three, which I've titled E. Those are big. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Ooh and E. Uh, section three is E because you know it rhymes, I suppose. Um, here we go. So we're looking at Burnley versus Everton at Turf Moor. Aren't we, Andy? We sure are. Um, so <laughs> Burnley are interested. Right? Goals are hard to come by for Sean Dyche's men. The, the Clarets have only scored, have only, but the Clarets have only, sorry, lost once in their last six. That defeat, unfortunately for them, was a crunch game against Newcastle, so it was a bit of a hammer blow. But the general theme around Burnley right now is that they're tough to beat, but they don't win very many games. It's draws galore for them lately. Indeed, in their last six games, they've seen a 1-1 draw with Chelsea, a 3-3 draw with Palace, and a couple of nil-nils with Wolves and West Ham. Now, we've talked on on this pod quite a lot about their sort of groundhog-style season. It's the same kind of season with the same kind of games and the same kind of goals (laughs) and the same kind of players. But... To be fair, like to them a couple of seasons ago, they would have finished in the European spots. You know, they, they, they've done... Flash in the pan. Yeah, but the last couple of seasons have seen them creep closer and closer and closer to the relegation zone with each passing year. And you do wonder how long this model is going to be sustainable for. Um, it can be dangerous for clubs, though, to maybe um, try and make that change and, you know, you know, change like who, who they, they think they are. Charlton were a, a Premier League mainstay for years and years and years under Alan Carbishley. And they felt that they had sort of reached the ceiling with him as a manager and they parted ways and Charlton dropped out of the league and they've never set foot there again. So it can be sometimes maybe a case of careful what you wish for there. But, you know, <laughs> it sort of, it, it does seem to, it is this Groundhog Day, but it does seem to work for Burnley. I always used to think that as well whenever like Dye should get linked with a job elsewhere. I'd be like, he, he's a really good manager, but I don't think he'd be given the time and patience to replicate what he's done at Burnley do you know what I mean it's like do you reckon he has a higher opinion of himself though like um, Sam Allardyce used to when he said oh if I was manager of Real Madrid I'd have them playing like the best football on the continent do you think Dyche is saying look I'm just doing the best I can with the tools I have of course I would love to play more expansively if you give me Mbappé uh, yeah <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure he'd be confident enough to back himself but also I don't see him making making any great moves to try and leave Burnley either so maybe he's Maybe he's been short of offers. Maybe. He was linked with a couple of jobs a couple of seasons ago, wasn't he? Wasn't he the, could, he, the Everton job a couple of years fair, ago? To be fair, he might have been firing off CVs. He, might, mean, have, he, he might have. He might have had his agent on the blower. <laughs> and every job all over LinkedIn. And, and like politely declined a few hundred times, you yeah, know? Yeah, he might have been. Um, yeah, we, there never seems to be any talk of him looking to move on anyway. So, like, I, I think he seems... I think he's probably aware that him and Burnley are probably a good fit for one another. That's fair. But uh, Everton, on the other hand, are going to be are due to be without Damari Gray, Andros Townsend, Yuri Mina, Richardson, and probably Dominic Calvert Lewin. He seems to be about fifty fifty. But and stand-in striker Salomon Rondon also. So who is going to score the goals yeah, for them? Yeah. So they're all unavailable for the short trip trip down the road to Burnley. 
Um, is it down the road or up the road or is it adjacent uh, is it, it's just across anyway nearby yeah <laughs> Everton are currently in 11th place and they're 8 points clear of Burnley but they've played twice more um, the Toffees are in a sticky and like that's my only pun right for the whole episode they're it's in allowed, a, you're they're in a sticky patch of form right now their, their last 6 have seen some heavy defeats that likes a City Liverpool and Palace there was also an extremely flat 1-0 defeat away to Brentford in amongst that run then there was a somewhat surprise win against Arsenal and a really hard fought 1-1 one, one draw away to a misfiring Chelsea but that, that Chelsea game was ridiculous um, yeah. like Chelsea's XG expected goals was over 3 that day which you don't see that often they had 23 shots with 10 on target <laughs> they should have won the game you know and you could probably say the same for the Arsenal game <clears throat> um, Everton rallied really you know, really strong in the last few minutes of that game but uh, you know Arsenal had plenty of chances to, to, to be well out of sight by the time you know that, that rally sort of came around but anyway, create, creativity and goals is their biggest issue at the moment. As I said, the Mary Gray, Andros Townsend, Richardson, and Dominic Carver-Lewin, those are four top scorers in the league this season with 16 goals between them, and they're all out at the moment. There is a chance that Gray might be able to play. He's about 50-50, and Dominic Carver-Lewin is expected to be back in training soon. But even if he does come back, he's been out since August. So kind of like what you were saying about Lukaku, you can't pin your hopes on him to no, just hit the no. ground running. So this is the kind of situation that I think favours Burnley to turn around their hard-fought draws into hard-fought wins. And that's indeed what I'm going for. And a Burnley win with both teams to not score at 11-4 or 3.75 is where I'm going to be putting my Christmas money. Oosh. Oosh. I like that one. Actually, Burnley, speaking of team news and Everton's list of absentees, Burnley have one of the cleanest injury records in the league right now. I don't think they've... I think a couple of fringe players are have COVID issues, but Ashley Barnes might be their only kind of senior first-choice player who's, yeah. who's sidelined at the moment. So, yeah. Everything kind of points to Burnley being way, way underpriced. Yeah, I think I think they're a, they're a good um, they're a good bet to look. Everton are struggling right now as well, anyway. So I think think that's a good price. Yeah, nice one. Thank you. Well, Thank I am going to close out with the biggest price of the weekend. Check this one out, okay? This is um. Check this out. Check this out, man. And um, Norwich versus Arsenal at Carroll Road. Now, everything, of course, is rosy in the Gunners' Garden at present. They're winning games. They're scoring goals. Academy starlets are shining brightly. Their YouTuber fan cam types are also thrilled, I would imagine. So surely an assignment against bottom club Norwich is a gimme for inform Arsenal, right? Not for me, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I can't push because Arsenal in inverted commas for my reasoning here, but I kind of am. When things are going really well for Arsenal, I always expect the arse to fall out of it in spectacular fashion. Um, I mean, Canaries, they've been flying a little straighter under Dean Smith, you could say, but their performances haven't really been rewarded by results just yet for the most part. They played really, really well in recent defeats against Tottenham and Man United, and it was that performance against United at Carroll Road that should give them the confidence ahead of Sunday's date with Arsenal to really go for it. Because I'd I'd kind of put Arsenal in the same bracket, the same kind of flaky category as United, Mm. as a team that's just as likely to drop a clanger that spawns a million memes as win the opposite way Arsenal actually edged out Norwich just 1-0 in London back in September but I have this feeling mostly because I've been searching really hard for big price to pad out this section Um, but I have this feeling that City could exact some revenge they're kind of overdue a slice of luck or two and they've been creating enough chances to suggest a good day could be forthcoming. Arsenal have actually lost five of their nine Premier League away games this season, including three of their last four. 
And though their recent run on the road contains some really tough games, they've already lost to a newly promoted side in Brentford mm-hmm. on the road this season. So there's just about enough to go on here. Um, City have only kept one clean sheet in the last nine games, however. So a consolation effort could be on offer for Arsenal there. So if you couple Norwich win with both teams to score, you get 12-1. to 1. Christmas cracker. 13.0. So get all that money that you spent on presents. Get it all back. Get it all back with this. I wouldn't this, say this it's a guarantee. Christmas, guys. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee, but I was actually tempted to put this in the safe bet section. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Christmas cracker, and look, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a long shot bet for a reason. But like the logic is sound. Sound <laughs> <laughs> logic. Oh, actually, before we go, there's actually one more game in this section. Yeah, yeah, there's. There's Manchester a, a, City versus Leicester City where the reasoning is just as impeccable the reasoning is just as impeccable the logic for this one is come on lads eventually City have to lose a game and eventually Leicester have to get their stuff together so <laughs> there are a couple of little bits if you if you're that kind of person and you need solid information who are you if you if you need like solid yeah, information yeah these are the kind of games where solid you. information and logic goes out the window these are the this kind of game <laughs> this kind of situation the long shot parts are logic and sense goes out the window it's your gut feeling guys this is a visceral feeling it's a visceral feeling look yeah. and earlier today I went down to the village elder and he poured the chicken bones out of those bags and they all pointed to like Leicester doing well trust the chicken bones if you don't trust us he, he 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 said it doesn't even have to be Leicester doing well. It's just Leicester scoring twice in the game. They could get bet six two. They could bet yeah. They could lose six two. So look at this. Look, <laughs> Leicester have scored at least twice in six of their last seven games in all competitions. They won five two with the Etihad last season. I know that was one of those weird early season anomalous games, but they did it. <laughs> Jamie Vardy scored twice in midweek, so he's back. The veteran is back. Um, to beat all- them. Also, these two teams played each other on the 26th of December, which is St. Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, where, you know, whatever you're listening. Or where, what was the other? I'm putting you on the spot now. Uh, yes. These, te- these two in teams. Denmark. In it Denmark. It is Yuladana. Okay. So on the, on the 26th of December uh, 2018, these two played each other on, on Stephen's Day and Leicester won that game 2-1. They won it 2-1. So all History Leicester have to do itself. is to get a couple of goals here. That's all. Um, so if you take Leicester to score over 1.5 goals on Sunday, you can get 5-1. to one. Yeah. 5-1 to one or 6.0. Give me your money. Give me your money. If you have chicken bones, you have like coincid- Boxing Day coincidences. Says. Vardy back. I'm going to go out and say that this is my favourite bet of the weekend because I, it, it's not even it's not even we're saying Leicester are going to beat Man City no, they don't have to I can, I can easily see a 4-2 or something like that you know and it's just Leicester always seem to score a lot of goals yeah they do concede loads score loads yeah. but yeah they scored three at Anfield in midweek I mean that's bound to build some confidence so yeah this 5-1 is my favourite bet of the, of the week yeah do you know what it's mine too everybody that and my Norwich banker obviously <laughs> um, when we're looking back at the recap I have a feeling this, this Leicester to score two goals is going to be the only one that comes in let's not like we're leaning on this one really hard now because well, when, <laughs> when they lose 5-0 we're, well, having, fun we're so having fun with it so much eggnog on our faces but um, yeah look like we said at the beginning this is kind of the, uh, the the fun side bet section don't put your mortgage payment on this in fact don't put that on anything. Yeah, don't put don't put anything on what we're saying. <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, that's pretty much it, isn't it? That's all the games yeah, we had look, this week. We said last week that when we were wrapping up the podcast that we might not, uh, because of scheduling issues, we might not have been able to get a pod out this week. So then with all the games that were being called off, we, we, we scrambled something together. So it's a little bit shorter than this week. I know people are at home right now going, what about the quiz? There is no quiz this week, unfortunately. No quiz. I, that's my fault. 
hey, no, that's that's our fault, man. That's our fault. Okay. Um, but um, you know, so it's a, it's a bit shorter and it's not the same format as usual. But we're just trying something different for this busy Christmas spell. See what we can fit in, where we can fit it in. Sure. And if you do like the new format, let us know. Um, be sure to contact us somehow. There's lots of ways, you know. It's pretty easy to find out to contact people these days. Yeah, carry Twitter accounts and, and Facebook accounts. Go to the stuff. village elder, and he'll be able to punch in the right direction. Yeah, get those chicken bones working for you. <laughs> um, okay, so thanks as always to everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate it as always. Um, if you do like the show, please give us a follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, and share it with your friends because your friends could become our friends, and yeah, we can we all need be friends. friends. We can hang out. And um, the more followers and listeners we get, the likelier it is we'll be able to keep producing shows. Make sure to check out Odds Profit on Facebook and on their official website for their latest expert tips from a plethora of different sports. That's right, a plethora. Um, Most of all, most importantly of all, I should say, remember to gamble responsibly. And also, to everyone out there, a merry, merry Christmas. Happy New Year. May all your dreams come true. And may Leicester score twice on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me, thanks. Take care.